All right. How is everybody? Yeah, it's good to see everybody today. Um, so we're going to begin with our question this morning. Briefly tell about a significant time or event in your spiritual journey. Uh, it can be a big thing, a small thing, a good thing, a maybe not so good thing, but briefly tell about a significant time or event in your spiritual journey. So these guys are going to run the mics. Um, you get their attention, stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer. Love to have a few of you share this morning. So somebody willing to help us get started. All right. Good uh, morning. My name is Aurora, and I think for a special event was when I found my parents after 36 years and the rest of my family. And another one really quickly is uh, my recovery. I, I would be my journey becoming... I'm a transgender woman, and just that process and, and doing that in recovery was such a spiritual journey for me. Thank you, Aurora. Thank you for sharing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, um, an event with in my, within my spiritual journey today, um, you know, um, today is a, a pretty important day for me. Um, Today is 21 years ago that my son passed away. Um, and in the past, like I've always ran and isolated and did my thing, you know, got high, whatever it was I wanted to do um, because I didn't want to face that. Um, you know, and I'm just super grateful today that, you know, I've allowed Christ to come into my life um, to allow you people to... Um, model for me what what it looks like to be healthy um, so I just appreciate that thank you oh, thanks Jamie good morning I'm Marjorie so uh, a few months ago I was here and all of a sudden I had this light bulb moment I knew what it was this thing hung on my back for years and years and years. And it was something that told me that without somebody else around me, I was nothing. And I had read the book, Pilgrim's Progress, and when I told another person about this thing, the thing that happened to Christian in that book where the, his heavy load fell off his back, I cannot even describe it, but this load literally fell off my back, and it is gone. Oh, very Amen. cool. Thank you, Marjorie. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Jason. Uh, Significant time I'd be when I got sentenced to prison. I didn't want to be there, but I needed to be. I needed to isolate myself and get right. Uh, with that spiritual journey now going forward, I, I reunited with my son. I didn't see or talk to him for almost four years because I was doing more damage, hopping in and out. And today, well, a couple weeks ago, I saw him. So now we text back and forth. I, 
Bible verses. He tells me, thanks, Dad. I need to hear that. I love you. And it's just brought me peace. Like, it's just an amazing feeling to know that you can, you can, you can do some good when you did wrong. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Hi, I'm Desiree. Um, mine would be two years ago today when I got baptized through Lighthouse Church. Um, I didn't stay on the right track right away, but it brought me back here and has me where I am today. Yeah. Thanks, Desiree. That was two years ago, huh? Wow. All right, we're going to finish up with Eric here. Yeah, my name's Eric. I think what, uh, I was going through it one day, and I was in this stairwell. And I was like, man, I just wish somebody would come in here and pray for me. And out of nowhere, some dude with one of them little dust masks on come in and starts praying for me. Hmm. And it, uh, it let me know, like, God had had somebody's, on, somebody's heart to make sure they were looking out for me, for, be it from a distance or whatever. But I knew, like, he had his soldiers with me and everything would be all right. So... That's awesome. Thanks, Eric. Uh, love, uh, love those answers. I, I hope that others of you are able to think of something. And so, um, just a couple of little, little things here. Sometimes, sometimes, someone unexpected comes into your life out of nowhere, makes your heart beat fast, changes your life forever. We call those people cops around here. <clears throat> that was for you, Jason. Yeah. This one's not so um, much funny as it is deep. My teacher gave an assignment, and one of the questions was, "What do you want to be What do you want to um, be when you grow up?" And I answered, "Happy." The teacher said, "I don't understand the test." I said, "You don't understand life." Ooh, yeah. So uh, I witnessed something at Celebrate Recovery this last Thursday night that made me very grateful and reminded me um, of, of a variety of things, like what is the core of the gospel of Jesus and how amazing God is and how God kind of like has this masterpiece plan that we're not really able to see much of at all. Um, and just, I was so grateful just for about, about the church. So um, if you don't know, the recovery world uh, recognizes birthdays, uh, milestones of recovery. And um, in large group at Celebrate Recovery, we recognize annual birthdays. And uh, this last Thursday, uh, someone uh, who's quite new to Lighthouse, um, who had uh, recently gotten out of federal prison and has been here regularly since, um, she was celebrating a birthday. And um, we, uh, we found out uh, that in uh, prison, uh, in federal prison, she had um, gone to celebrate recovery and she had met Jesus and she had been baptized and had just this incredible walk of faith. And uh, she celebrated 14 years um, this last week, which is pretty cool. But um, what was really cool to me and a little overwhelming was that she um, had another Lighthouse family member who's here right now in this service um, who she had met in state prison even years before then. Um, and uh, she had her present um, at, that, um, at that little ceremony. And that person um, who's been around here for a while, in and out a little bit, is being baptized this afternoon. And 
So I wasn't going to pin you out, but everybody's looking at you, so people were there. But um, that was so cool. You know how God um, kind of reconnects things um, in ways that are so powerful and, and meaningful. And um, I shared on Thursday night that, that, first of all, you can't make it up. You could not make it up. And um, I, I said Thursday night that 99 0.999% of pastors um, never get to see God do some of the incredible things that I get to see every week. Um, it's so amazing. Um, it is so amazing. Um, I've, I'm often overwhelmed that God would use someone as broken and as messed up as me and you uh, to do what he is doing here turn and ask somebody, did he just say I messed up? (laughs) Turn back and say, yes, he did. (laughs) Um, You know, I've been thinking this week, and you'll kind of see how this ties to the scripture that I want to talk about a little bit later um, from 1 John, but um, you know, with, with everything going on and the baptism day and spending time with those getting baptized and um, all that's been happening, um, I thought of this passage from 1 Timothy chapter 1. Um, and I want you to read it with me because um, it's a good, good passage for us to learn personally, I think. This is a trustworthy saying. You can read out loud. And everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. But God has shown mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Um, Such a profound passage. Um, Can I just tell you that God only uses sinful people and people who are imperfect and people who struggle or who have struggled. And I know this for a fact because there are no other kinds of people. Okay? There are no other kinds of people. I'd like you to grab a Bible too and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to show you another little passage in Scripture that just kind of makes sense when we, we talk about this fact and what God is doing in the lives of some of you here today. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 24, not 25, but 24. And if you could just follow along as I read a few of these verses, there's Bibles around you, you can look it up on, on, online. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, uh, listen to this. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Literally, he's kind of talking about not only what Jesus does when he comes, but he's talking about how God uses people like you and me for amazing things. 
Remember, dear brothers and sisters, the few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things of the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Um, Such a powerful scripture. Um, People like you and me, God can use to do amazing things. Um, By the end of the day today, some 30 people will make a profession of their faith in Jesus Christ, and they will be baptized. And um, I know most of them, or you, if you're uh, getting baptized, uh, at least a little bit. Some of you I know more than a a bit. And uh, most of you here uh, today I know fairly well. Uh, Some of you have maybe been baptized with us in past years. Um, And regardless of where your spiritual journey has come from or where it is today, what I I know is true is that we're all works in progress. We're all works in progress. And I know that because there are no other kinds of people. People that God continues to work in their lives. For those being baptized... Um, your baptism is a big deal. Uh, You are experiencing God's grace and power in your life. And you'd like to recognize that and profess that. Um, Here's what I'd love to say. I'd love to say if you're being baptized this afternoon that it's now going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I'd love to say that. But you know that's not true. Um, Here's what I do want you to know you will be able to look back at this day and know with confidence that you've got Jesus. In fact, I maybe even want to say that differently. You can look back at this day and realize that Jesus has got you. That no matter what's coming, he's got your back. That his promise of forgiveness is certain and complete. That he washes you clean that you are righteous, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done for you in Jesus Christ. And you can know that he is with you no matter what's going on. He's got your back and he's making you into a new person. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4 says, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death, For we died, our old self, we've died and we've been buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Uh, So I wanted to kind of talk about that, not just because it's baptism day, but because it goes along with the text that I want to spend a few minutes with you on as well from 1 John. So grab your Bible again, and I'd like you to turn to 1 John uh, chapter 2, or the end of chapter 2, the beginning of uh, chapter 3. 
And um, I want to uh, read a little bit here and then leave your Bible open because we're going to read more. Um, can I just say if you're new today, we've been going through the letter of 1 John for a few weeks now, Will for a few more weeks. And uh, last week we finished chapter 2, but I want to kind of start with the last couple of verses and then go into chapter 3. So um, here is uh, verse 28. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage. Say, full of courage. And not shrink back from him in shame. Say, no shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we already are God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears, but we know that we will be like him For we will see him as he really is, and all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Uh, A lot of stuff there. So uh, let me just say that, um, that one thing that John says is that when we stand before Jesus, there's no shame. Um, We know something about shame here, right? Um, Lots of us have dealt with shame. Uh, Maybe you're dealing with it right now. Um, In Jesus, there is no shame. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about here before is, is, is that we learn kind of in this journey of ours that shame is not of God. The guilt is of God. God puts in us a conscience, the Holy, conscience, the Holy Spirit works with our conscience uh, to bring us back and correct us. But in Jesus, there's no shame. So if you're feeling shame, um, that is not of God. It would be of the devil. Um, We learned early on um, in our lighthouse journey, maybe you've learned this in other places, that shame says, I'm a bad person. Guilt says, I'm a human being who is capable of doing some bad things. The latter is of God, the former is not of God. And so if you're feeling like you're a bad person, if you're feeling like you are kind of enveloped with shame and that comes in our lives, um, we can let that go. And we can work on it and go back to the promises of God. In our shame, we tend to think that God is just waiting to punish us or that he is punishing us for what we are going through. The story of Jesus and his teaching is just the opposite. Can I tell you that? It's just the opposite. God deals with his people with grace. Most of you know the story of the prodigal son, this son who asks his dad for an inheritance before dad is even, you know, bit the bullet or croaked. And so he takes his inheritance, he goes off, he squanders it on reckless living, and he realizes one day, you know, even the servants of my dad live better than I do. And so he comes home. And when he, when he gets closer to home, um, literally, his father doesn't even wait for him to get there. He ran, runs out to greet him with open arms. No punishment, you know, no wagging finger. He just simply welcomes his son back. Jesus, in that same chapter in the Gospel of Luke, tells the story of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. And it says that one of them wanders off. And Jesus says, literally, the shepherd... 
um, leaves the 99, goes after the one that is lost, and returns him back home. Some of you think that you made a big decision to come to church or to return to, to maybe some roots that were there before. Can I just tell you that the shepherd has brought you back? Some of you have experienced that. You know, he's sought out the lost, and he has brought you back. If you are concerned about loved ones, just keep praying for them. Keep inviting them. The shepherd does never, when Jesus is in us, he never gives up on us and continues to work. Um, you know, it's literally what the story of Jesus is as a whole. In Jesus, you are one of God's children. Um, we are children of the king. That's kind of what a the baptism signifies in so many ways that you can look at that day and say, you know what, as down as I am, as much as I might be struggling, I know that I am one of God's children because I was baptized and the Spirit of God lives in me. So John has made clear here um, and throughout um, chapters 1 and 2 that God loves us unconditionally, that he forgives us in Jesus when we sin, he gives us guidance to confess and be confident in God's grace. Now, what he does is he's teaching us about this life in Christ and what God is doing in us as he creates this new you and me. So I want to read a little bit further in chapter 3. And what I don't want you to get confused is that sometimes it's easy to read these verses and think, Okay, well, I thought God loved me unconditionally. He does. It's not what John's talking about. We'll talk about it for a few moments. But, but John does talk about how God desires for our lives to change once he enters our life, okay? So let me begin reading again at verse 3. <clears throat> All who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. That's a pretty bold statement there, isn't it? Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away the sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Wow, um, some strong stuff. So let's just talk about it for a couple of minutes. Um, what is John really talking about here? Remember, God loves us unconditionally, um, moves into our hearts, and he begins to work. Um, for those of you who are in 12-step recovery programs, um, I believe that what John is doing here is he is talking about the exact same stuff that we um, spend a lot of time on when we go through steps 4 through 10. This is steps four through 10 stuff. Um, so now that Jesus is in your heart, now that you're, you know, this new life has begun, how about we inventory um, some of our, our moral issues, our, our lives, 
and do so thoroughly and, uh, and um, fearlessly. And then once we've done some inventorying, uh, we confess to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. And then, um, now that we've done those two steps, we kind of start to become willing of some of our shortcomings, some of our character defects, and we become willing to ask God to work on those character defects and then to remove them. And then when that's done, we make a list of the people whom we've harmed and we try to become willing to make amends to them. And then we do make amends to them unless it would injure them or others. And then in step 10, we decide we're going to continue to do this instead of once and for all on a daily basis. Um, Here's the deal. What John is talking about is that God does not want to leave us the same way that he found us. Praise the Lord for that, right? You know, and so he's giving us some encouragement. And literally, um, what he's saying is that, is that God doesn't want to, you know, leave you the same way he found you. So let's start working on maybe some of the obvious sins and the, the intentional sins. And so if you've already been kind of working on some of this stuff, you know that's exactly what John is talking about, that, that God's desire for us is to have transformation in our lives, for us to grow spiritually. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about a few weeks ago is that in its purest form, the definition of sin is missing the target, like your target shooting and you miss the target that you've set or God would have set for you. Um, And another um, definition of sin would be literally getting off track. So we often talk about this spiritual line of growth that we're on, and, you know, we're moving from where we used to be to where we're going, and so we want to follow that line of spiritual growth. I don't think any of you come to this place without wanting to have a spiritual growth in your life. Now, Someday, if not today, someday you are going to wander off that path because you are a human being. You um, have pride, you have sinfulness, you like control, and like me, some days you're going to find yourself off the path, maybe even for some seasons of your life. Here's the deal. Um, Sin is when we're kind of disconnected from what it is that God is trying to do in our life. And we get off track. We get off target. Um, Now, um, what I'm not going to tell you is that if you are off track today, um, get back on track. Kind of feels like that's what John's saying a little bit. Um, Sometimes we maybe need to hear that. I know I do. Um, Here's what I want you to know. Um, If you're off track... Um, Jesus has already left the 99 and is after you to bring you back. You don't have to go back by yourself. Huh? You don't have to go back by yourself. He, he's continuing to work, even when we're off, off the path. He is continuing to work and desires to kind of bring us back on track. You know, often, um, often the sin or the action that we might be struggling with is, is um, more of a, a symptom of some of the deeper issues. I learned that in my recovery, that alcohol for alcoholics 
um, is often a symptom of some of the deeper stuff that we need to deal with. Celebrate Recovery says that it's kind of like um, the weeds that we have in our, in our yard or in our garden, that if you just kind of take off the top of the weed, um, what's going to happen? The weed's going to come back. Yeah, so, so part of the hard work of getting back on track is we don't want to just kind of take the top of the weed off. We want to pull the weed out. That is hard. That is hard. And, and it's going to be stuff that God will be working on in your life and my life for the rest of our lives. I'm 61 years old and I'm still learning. Still learning what the weeds are and how to pull them out. And so the reality is, is that what John is talking about um, is, is, is just this fact that God continues to work in our life and continues to, to draw us close to him and to get us back on track. He comes looking for you because he loves you and his mercies are new every day. And in Jesus, we can, we can have the promise with the certainty that that we're going to be a new creation as he continues to do that work uh, today, tomorrow, and uh, the rest of our lives. God, God bless you today.